Thanks for listening to the Swearing In Podcast, where you'll hear the origin stories of those who chose to serve. So ground your gear, take a seat, and listen up. The Swearing In Podcast starts right now. C-130 rolling down the strip. C-130 rolling down the strip. We on an airborne ranger, take a little trip. Airborne ranger, gonna take a little trip. This is a Swearing In Podcast, and I'm your host, Marty Smith. Today, my guest is Army Sergeant First Class Retired Rob Williams. Rob attended Nanawag High School in Woodbury, Connecticut. He enlisted in the Army as a medic and went to basic training at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri in 1994. His first assignment was to the 1st of the 102nd HHC Infantry with the Connecticut National Guard. Rob completed paramedic school in 1997 and joined the active army in 1999. He was assigned to 135 Armour in Bombholder, Germany and deployed to Kosovo in 1999. His next assignment was to the 571st Medevac at Fort Carson, Colorado, and in 2003, he was deployed to Iraq. He was next assigned to the 5th Armored Training Brigade at Fort Bliss, Texas in 2005. Following that was an assignment to the Brigade Combat Trauma Team at Fort Sam Houston, Texas in 2007. After assignments to JSOC in Washington, D.C. and Recruiting Command in Denver, Colorado, Rob finally retired in 2020. Now this concludes your pre-brief, so let's get on with the interview. Joining me today is... Army Sergeant First Class Retired, Rob Williams. You really put the baritone in that, didn't you, man? Yeah, you that's reached, my... You reached down, didn't you? That's my, uh, <laughs> that's my speaking voice. <laughs> All right, Rob, uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks for telling me your story. No, thank you for having having me. It's a good time, man. So always let's, wanna, It's always good to talk to you. Let's go all the way back. So, high school, where were you at? Oh, wow. You are digging into yeah, the depths. Yeah, sure, man. yeah. <laughs> So I started out at Nanawag High School in Woodbury, Connecticut. It is a vo- oh, was a vocational agriculture school, oh, um, yeah. which is big words for farm school. Okay. I got my freshman year. I got a tractor driving license. No nice. exaggeration. Nice. Never done anything like that before. Um, all the way through my junior year of high school at Nanawag, and. Um, I was taking, uh, I think the course is called environmental conservation or something like that. And it was like, it was basically like how to be a wildland firefighter was the, Oh yeah. Was. Yeah. Huh. And we, we would go, we were part of a team. We would actually go out and fight fires at this school. The wow. high school students would. Yeah. It was super cool. That's a hell of a vocational school. Um, but I was a punk. And so, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, I didn't do homework, any of that stuff. I was bombing every class I was in. Um, did you have that? Was this a, did you have to get admitted to the school? Mm-hmm. Yep, I applied. Okay. I got accepted. Right. Um, my mom's proudest moment was when I got accepted. Oh yeah, she didn't expect me to survive that long, much less graduate <laughs> high school. Um, so yeah, um, went to Nanawag for through my junior year. I think it was halfway through my junior year. I switched back to the high school in my hometown. Oh, you did. And um, out of necessity, or because I was bombing every class. <laughs> and um, what do you call it? And. Uh, so I go back to my hometown high school. Yeah. I get there and they're like, oh, all of the courses that you took for that VOAG thing 
They don't count here. So I'm 18 years old and they're like, you're a sophomore. And I'm like, bet I'm not. And threw two middle fingers in the air and quit high school. Well, what choice you got, right? Yeah, exactly. Went to um, one of those like adult ed, get your high school degree in the evening kind yeah. of classes yeah. and did that. You're going to be 20 going to the prom? And I, I, I graduated <laughs> high school before in May and all of my classmates didn't graduate. Now you were motivated. Yeah, so I was motivated beforehand. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing like anger. Mm-hmm. I got my high school diploma in basic training. It got mailed to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, so when, when did the military start coming up to you? For you? So, yeah. So I mean, at that point, it kind of makes sense. But staff, I don't want to. Staff Sergeant Went was my recruiter, and this was in 1993, it would have been. All right. And yeah, just like every everybody else, the recruiter shows up at high school. Hey, kid, you want to go save the world? Heck yeah, I do. Um, and so I went to basic training. Well, wait, wait, wait! You're jumping way too far. What oh, was go it ahead. Like, Sorry. What was it like talking to the guy? I mean, you were always you're already motivated. I mean, I you were, this is the this is the Connecticut Army National Guard. Um, and oh, he, that's what he was recruiting for. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Right. Um, Did you have any military in your family? Mm-mm. My, both of my grandfathers are Korea War vets. Wow, and I have pictures of them in the same place in Korea. They didn't know each other. No way. It's super cool. They're on my wow. mantle in my living room. That's really um, cool. My one grandfather was a mailman in Korea, okay, and the good. other one was infantry. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was super cool. Yeah. So, so you had a little bit of that in the family, but nothing mm-hmm. driving you there. Well, and. Vietnam, my dad tried to enlist for Vietnam, but he was what they called at the time 4F. And I want to say it was because of flat feet, but I'm not positive yeah, that's why. Could be, yeah. But they didn't have, I mean, I'm flat footed too, but. Color I mean, blindness, flat feet. Yeah, you know, all the all things they excluded you for yeah. at that time. And this is a guy that was trying to uphold the family tradition right. and enlist and go do the, the right thing. And they're like, no, you got flat feet. So now here I am. In 1993, talking to Staff Sergeant Went, getting ready to join the Connecticut National Guard, and my dad's like, "You'll never get in." And I'm like, "Why do you say oh, that?" Because your feet. He's like, "Because you're, you're flat-footed. There's, they're never going to let you in." And I'm like, "Okay, that's a, I'm, that's a weird thing." Yeah. I went to yeah, and the first thing the army did was give me insoles, and they're like, "Here you go, welcome to the army." <laughs> I guess they realized, "Hey, we could take these flat feet guys." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of kind of bananas, but yeah. Um, so yes, both grandfathers. Um, you know, uh, my one grandfather is Robert Williams, Robert Charles Williams. Um, and my other grandfather was uh, uh, Walter Hansen. And um, yeah, so like I said, one a mailman and one one infantry. Well, what uh, I mean, that's a it's without that history, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big choice. What know, is? I mean, military. I mean, unless uh, 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 especially the early '90s, right? It's not like the '70s. You know, there's jobs out was there. It, there's other things. Was it? I don't big, know. I mean, we're the same age, roughly. I mean, how old are you today? Fifty-six. Okay, so I'm. I'll be fifty in August. Okay, so we're roughly the but same. But still, age. if you don't have, I join. You would have joined in what ninety? Uh, no, I I I got an ROTC scholarship in oh, 85. Did you really? Were you a stupid officer? Because my mom... Oh, God, I hate you already. <laughs> but, see, you didn't listen to my episode, did you? Uh, oh, I wanted to go back and talk. So you go talk to the recruiter. Did he give you a job? Did you look through the book? So... Did you take the ASVAB? I did take the ASVAB. So I was already an EMT. 
I, it was, oh, okay. I was yeah. a volunteer yeah. with my local fire I talked department. To a, I talked to a firefighter paramedic mm-hmm. who did that in high school, too. Yep, exact same thing. So I, I was already an EMT, so I went to basic training, now, never, never went to you AIT. That. You're already EMT. Why didn't you go follow that track? I was. I was in the National Guard, so I was. No, no, no. I mean, uh, why don't you just go be a, go into EMT, fire, whatever it was? Why didn't you go there versus the military? I did. I did, I did, I did. So I went to work in Hartford, Connecticut. I went and got my paramedic. Yeah. The National Guard paid for me to go to paramedic school. Okay. So this was all... Oh, so you got your stuff through the Guard. Okay. All right. Yep. I went to... uh, So Yale New Haven Hospital has what they call the Joint Sponsor Hospital Paramedic Program. And it's through Yale University. Cool. And so I went to paramedic school there. Um while working at um, American Medical Response in Waterbury, Connecticut. All right. Um, I don't, have you ever been to Connecticut? No. No, never go there. There's nothing there that you need. <laughs> um, yeah, so I worked with some of the best people on the planet in AMR of Waterbury while going to paramedic school in New Haven. Um, so, like, the, the medical students and the, and the PA students would yeah. stand up and walk out of class and we would walk in and sit down in their seats. Oh, no way. Yeah, it was a very, we had a cadaver lab in my paramedic school, all kinds of stuff. And so this was all the job you chose. Yep. Um, yep. So we're basic? Where did that come in? I went to, I went to Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Ever oh, been? you did? Ever been? <laughs> I have been there. Yeah, there's nothing there you need there either. <laughs> that place sucks too. So is it true, I've always heard the rumor, um, is it true? I've always heard of the big tree at the exit of the gas chamber. I don't know if that's true. Yes, it is very true. But uh, every I, word of that is true. I've heard the stories where the the DIs, TIs, whatever they call them now, would just sit and watch. Yep. And, and bet like how many people were going to run into that. Oh, tree. and it, it's very, it's a thousand percent <laughs> accurate. I'm glad to have that validated. So, because you go to, at the time, you would go to the gas chamber early on in basic training, like second or third week. Oh, really? Yeah, it was very early in the, in the, in the and so. Go through the gas chamber. It sucked. I was yeah. I was like one of the worst things I've ever experienced yeah. in my life. Um, it was horrible. And it looks so calm. Yeah. So you take it out, you look, well, because oh. it's, <laughs> it's in this, the, at least at Fort Leonard Wood, it's in this grove of trees. It's a beautiful yeah. area. There's grass, all this stuff. It's beautiful. <laughs> and then and then chaos erupts. Oh, and the whole world amazing. goes to hell. Absolutely and um, you're exactly right. And so anyway, so like, Probably, so the basic training at the time was eight weeks long. So, like, I went through it, like, during the second or third week. I forget what. Well, later in basic training, probably, you know, sixth week or something, we're sitting on the grass. We're doing a different class. And I have no idea what it was. Yeah. And I had no idea there was a drill sergeant standing behind me. And we're watching another class go through the gas chamber. And I'm like, screw that shit. I'm never doing that again. You can't make me. Yeah. Drill sergeant standing right behind me. And he's like, Private Williams, let's have a conversation. And I'm like, oh, crap. He's like, got your pro mask? Yes, I do, Joe Sarden. He's like, you're going through again. And he put me in line with another class. Really? And made me go through the, Just for that? Made me go through the gas chamber a second time. It was awful. It was absolutely awful. I'm like, all right, lesson learned. Close your mouth. And that's, here I am at 50, and I still haven't learned to close my mouth. That's probably, yeah. <laughs> that's embedded. That's in your DNA now. Uh that had to be worse the second time because it you know what's coming. Because you're so mad. You're like, why? He's going to, because that's what you expect. It's what we had grown up with. Oh, he's just going to teach me the lesson. And just before I walk through the door, he's going to pull me out of line. And so yeah. I'm eyeball yeah. to eyeball with this drill sergeant. 
Nope, I was wrong. Wow. He made me see it through. That I went all the so way through. Minor, but... Same thing. Wow. And all the same, and like, you know, you get in there and everybody's like, dude, who the hell are you? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm Ryman Williams. I talk too much. <laughs> Just shut up. Just remember to turn right. <laughs> but yeah, that tree is right outside the door. Really? I know exactly That's what you're talking hilarious, about. That's hilarious, man. It's awful. That so. is hilarious. <laughs> How about uh, uh, AIT? Didn't go. No? Didn't need to. Okay. I never set foot on Fort Sam Houston until I was there as an instructor. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. I was like, oh, so this, I've, I've heard all about it. How many it. years later was that when you went back? That would have been 07. Oh I was an instructor God. there from 07 to 09. Really? Um, when they are pumping out medics. Yeah. Um, and I didn't teach AIT. I helped them once in a while. I taught a course when I was at Fort Sam. I taught a course called uh, BCT3, um, basically trauma lab. Oh. So, yeah. And nice. it's basically lesson, lessons learned. Like... Because I had deployed to Iraq, screwed yeah. a bunch of stuff up. They put me on a team. They're like, hey, this is what I screwed up. Now you don't screw it up. It was a great <laughs> team. It was lessons learned. That's really it was, cool. It was, actually. It was one of those, uh, it was one of the only good ideas in the Army. It was uh, yeah, well, one of those yeah. things like they took, a, they took 30 medics. They sent us all over the country. And That's I'm talking Hawaii, smart. Alaska, and all over the place. And we taught lessons learned. That's pretty smart. And basically what came from it was as things were happening overseas, we would get the report that day. Yeah. And we would make adjustments to doctrine that day. That's awesome. It was. And it was saved, it saved a lot yeah. of yeah. lives. Yeah, that's really cool. And it was a requirement that every deploying medic went through our co- our course. Well, I mean, that's uh, you can't learn that unless you're doing it. So uh, if you don't have somebody go, hey, we did this. Let me tell you what it's going to be. Here's like. what I screwed up. Now yeah. you don't screw it up. We saved a lot of lives. That's no really question. Great. God, that's it, awful. it was very rewarding. So, 94, 93, you went to base. 94, 94. So, you're done with that. Mm-hmm. You're back doing guard. Mm-hmm. One week in a month, two weeks a year. Yep. Yeah. What part of it, what unit were you with? First of the 102nd HHC Infantry. Okay. Very, if you watch Private Ryan, those guys with the gray and the blue circles on their shoulders, that's, that's 102nd. It? Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. Fighting alongside 2nd Ranger Battalion. Wow. Yep. That's a little bit of heritage. That's it, cool. It really is. One of my favorite patches. So went to paramedic school on the Colorado, or excuse me, Connecticut National Guard's dime um, in 19, finished that in 1997. Okay. Uh, worked for American Medical Response of Hartford and Waterbury with a guy named Stephen Valancourt. One, to this day is one of the greatest mentors I've ever experienced. Oh, yeah? Yep. That's great. Great dude. Yeah, that's um, great. He is retired from being a paramedic and now plays his guitar all day. He's it's awesome. He, he is who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> but yeah, and then went to active duty in 1999. For, um, for a deployment? Or? So ni- well, at the time, the answer would have been no. Yeah. But as soon as I got it on active duty, um, I don't know if you remember, in 1999, Slobodan Milosevic sure. was executing all of his people yeah. through ethnic yeah. cleansing. And so I joined the army um, and was immediately sent to Kosovo. Oh, you were? Yes, for the Kosovo War. Well, now, interesting. What what was the army perspective on that? Because we, you know, it was, it was ninety percent in air war, right? I have a had at the time a T shirt that said, "The United States Air Force bombed my country," and all I got was this lousy T shirt. <laughs> and I, it's somewhere around my house. I have a mug that's very similar that says, nice. uh, "You know, Uncle Sam wants you for Kosovo" or something like that. And uh, yeah, at the time, that was it was a big conflict. Yeah. Um, and I, it was the only thing going. 
It was. Really? And it was kind of inspirational because if you think it through, this dude was murdering all of his oh, yeah. people. Yeah. yeah you know, and this was, you know, Bosnia was the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. And they sent us in and we stopped him from killing all of his people. Yeah. It was the greatest leadership lab I have ever experienced. Oh, really? I learned so much. So who did you join on the active duty side to go? 135 Armor. Did <laughs> First Armor Brigade. Did they deploy you all as mm-hmm. a brigade? Yep. Okay. Second Brigade. We picked up. So I, we joined the Army. Yeah. Uh, I, they send me. I join. I'm like, hey, I'm only joining the Army if you can get me out of Connecticut. Send me to Europe. And they're the like, active Army. Yep. And they're like, no problem. And so they <laughs> sent me to Germany. And um, what do you call it? I get there. And uh, my wife gets there in October. And we deployed in December. Is she military as well? She is not. Oh, <laughs> shit. So, yeah, she was like, what do you mean you're deploying? I'm like, yep, off to war, baby. Well, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> Welcome right. to Germany. Right. <laughs> well, not a bad place, I guess. Well, if you're a... You know, yeah, if you're a 23 year old woman, yeah, it's you know never been in, out of the country. Yeah. It was a little tough for her. Maybe so, that's a little overwhelming. The, the story gets worse. The story gets much worse. <laughs> I, I, so, I think I think I know where it's going, but let's see. I have this habit Uh-oh. of anytime a war breaks out, I get my wife pregnant. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And so yeah, so they're like, oh, Slobodan Milosevic is cleansing all of his people. I'm like, honey, you should get pregnant. And so, yeah, got her pregnant, <laughs> deployed, left her alone while I was while pregnant, yeah. while I was downrange. Wow. Yeah, that's what she said. That's pretty lovely. But a little louder. Yeah, I was, I was a bad person. And yeah, yeah. She, feel well, bad for that. <laughs> well, but I mean, it wasn't a planned thing. Or, well, well, you know. If you're not wearing a condom, it's kind of planned, isn't it's it? It's not like, hey, I deployed and I locked all the accounts. You yeah. know, it's, like, it's not like something like that. I, I came back from Kosovo and she was gigantic and, um, you know, had a kid. How long did you go for? Six months? Oh, was it six or eight or something yeah. like that? What is it? Task Force Falcon? I forget. I don't know. Yeah. It was like six or eight months. But yeah, come back and had a kid just a few weeks later. It was awesome. <laughs> You I, jump back in for the celebration. I missed all the like, yeah. pickle cravings at 2 a.m., the vanilla ice creams. Right. And, you know, hey, I missed all that stuff. Oh, we went out to dinner the night I got home. Um, we went to this place we like in uh, Germany, Baumholder, Germany. And um, she orders ribs. I order ribs, salads, the whole bit, dessert, this, that, and the other thing. And um, she housed her ribs. Salad was gone. She's licking the bowl. The ice sure. cream came in and whatnot. I'm still working on my salad. And she, really? She looks up. She's like, you going to finish those? And I'm, whoa. And I'm a big boy. Yeah. I, I'm tons of fun. She is not. And so, yeah, that girl housed no the rest of my ribs. It was awesome. <laughs> so where was she born at? Uh, in Baumholder? Yeah. Oh, no yeah, kidding. Yeah. Yep. So my son was born in um, Lawnstuhl, Germany. Wow. At the Launch Tool Hospital. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. And then from there, uh, we had a great time in, in 135 Armor. It was because it, it was our time was BC before children. Yeah. Man, we loved. We had a great time. Right. Drank all the German beer. Right, right. Saw all the castles. So we went all over Europe. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, we got, that's exactly what we wanted. We wanted to get the hell out of Connecticut and see yeah. the world. Well, there you go. And the Army did that for us. What rank were you at this point? I left. I got there as an E4 and left there as an E5. Oh, nice. Yeah. Did you do anything special for your uh, welcome to the NCO Corps? Yeah. Armor 
does it right. Oh yeah, they very much do. Armor and Cav, they yeah, do it sure, right. Sure. Um, you had to go on a spur ride and all that. Oh stuff. yeah, yeah. You ever done a spur ride? No. That's a good time. You want to piss off your wife? Buy a hundred and fifty dollar hat and then drink beer out of it. <laughs> it well, I'm a, I was a young E5. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember what E5s made in that day, but it wasn't much money. Yeah, a lot. And you were forced to purchase the hat before you went on the spur ride. I didn't know they pushed that down to the enlisted, to be honest with you. I oh, yeah. It was just an officer thing. No, no, no. You had to buy your own. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I buy it yourself. I think it was like $115 or something like that. God dang. Which we didn't have at the time. Of course not. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then you get, you're pretty drunk when you get to the, the ball. And then to, for your, to, you just spent $115 on a hat and now you're drinking beer out of it. That was a pissed off young wife, let me tell you. <laughs> she was angry, to say the least. And I, I don't remember any of this because, you know, I was, you know, six yeah, Bud Lights. Yeah, you going to have that experience, though, you know? <laughs> you can do that every day. Every, every time that would be offered, you would do it. I have no idea where that hat is now. Oh, no. I have no kidding. clue where it is. It's really? somewhere in a box. Yeah. I have no idea where it is. <laughs> uh, okay, so you get back in what year? This would now have been... I mean, you came straight from Germany back home, right? No, so this would now be 2000. And or was that or, unit stationed over in Germany? They're stationed in Germany. Okay, I got you. I got you. And so, what unit? You know, what, what division uh, this was is it? 135 Armor, First yeah. Armor Division. They are now first at, Armor. They're okay. now at um, El Paso at Fort Bliss. Oh, ooh. yeah, right. They went, from, they went from bad to worse. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, so First Armored was Ironside. Yep, all Ironsides. While I'm in 135 Armor, so when I joined, I wanted to be a flight medic, and my recruiters. Oh, like, nice. Oh. Just let them know when you get there that you want to be a flight medic and they'll send you to flight medic. And I'm like, oh, it's just okay. that easy. Huh? Yes. Yeah, e All right, cool. <laughs> and yeah, I got there and I'm like, yeah, I'd like to go to the flight unit. I'd like to be a flight medic. The guy's like, well, good for you. You're going to 135 Armor. <laughs> Shut your mouth. Move out. Exactly right. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> this is not what my recruiter said was going to happen. So now I do my time in armor. No big deal. I really enjoyed it. I learned a ton. Yeah. Um, well, now it's time to PCS. And I'm like, I'm going to flight medic school. Okay. And so I waited for everybody to go on Christmas leave. And I filled out my 4187, which is the personal yeah, action right, form. Right. And I went to that stupid second lieutenant that's get left with the change of command <laughs> orders. Yeah. And while well, everybody's on Christmas leave, right. I didn't take Christmas leave. Went to him. I filled it all out, did everything I needed to do. And I go to him and I'm like, hey, sir, do you have assumption of command orders? And he's like, yep. I'm like, well, I want to go to flight medic school. And of course, this second lieutenant's like, that's good stuff, Sergeant Williams. Good training. Sign that shit. That's brilliant. With assumption of command orders. I faxed it that day on lunch. Faxed wow. it to the flight medic school. They're like, yep, got you a spot. No problem. See? I came back, and because your enlistment window is open at that point. Yeah. So everybody comes back from Christmas break, All right. and the re-enlistment NCO is headhunting for me. And he's like, we are going to give you an Article 15. I'm like, why? What? He's like, because... That should be your enlistment option. You shouldn't just get it. You have to re-enlist for flight medic school. And I'm like, nope, I have time left on my contract. I don't have to do that. And I've already got the orders. That was a staff sergeant. And he lost his mind. He was super pissed off because I went behind him. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so, yeah. So, See, second lieutenants can be useful if you know oh, how to use them. That poor man. I can't imagine <laughs> what happened to him when the commander got back. And he's like, what is this document? Oh, that E6 probably turned around and goes, where's that? <laughs> it was awesome. 
I got in a lot of trouble for that. <laughs> what what'd you what'd you enlist for initially? Six years or four? And you still had time to go to the school? Yep. Oh, okay. Shouldn't have, but yeah. I did. <laughs> so where'd you re up at then? Oh, so <laughs> another story? <laughs> no, well, no, not not too terribly, but yeah. So I, I we left Germany. Yeah. I went to flight medic school at Fort Rucker, Alabama. Oh, okay. Ever been to Fort Rucker? I have. Like a week. That's, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> there's there's none, really. Because you can go, oh, Schofield's in Hawaii. Hey, great, Hawaii. Ever been to Schofield? When, like, when yeah, you talk yeah, to yeah. Seth, ask him that question. <laughs> um, so like if Fort Hood is the armpit of the world, Fort Rucker is the crotch. I don't know. More I'm, like the taint or the gooch. <laughs> <laughs> My first duty station was 1989 at Fort Polk. So I've been there, you know, best Korean food I've ever had outside of Fort Polk. But you went there after they poured money into it. Could be. I don't know. They didn't pour money into it in 1990. All I remember is mud. Well, that's true, too. But <laughs> like we had guys up at North Fort in condemned barracks because there was no. And then JRTC rolled in mm-hmm. after they rolled our division out. Uh-huh. I mean, they, they had AMC Hornets for the MP cars. AMC Hornets. I don't even know what that is. I Right. <laughs> You know, it's a sister to the gremlin, I guess. I don't know Are what you it serious? Is. It's oh, well, I mean, ugly, if AMC but made it. that was MP cars because there was no money in that base. That's awesome. No money whatsoever. So anyway. Um, Shoveled shit in Louisiana. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so you're at Rucker. How long was the course? I think flight medic course is like four weeks or six weeks or something like that. Uh, God, something that'd like be that. awesome. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. Uh, kind of. There are parts of it. Yeah. Um, I didn't know... Until I went to the flight medic course that I didn't like flying in helicopters. Oh, no. And that's a horrible place to discover that. Yeah. Because what they're trying to do is break your heart. <laughs> what was it? Was it uh, heights or? Uh, I don't know. I don't like roller coasters. Oh. And so, like, all that nap of the earth. Well, those Blackhawks are like, pretty gentle pilots. <laughs> you know. well, well, at the time, they had Hueys in the course. Oh, really? It was Hueys. No yeah, way. So, yeah. So, like, we're doing our... Um, are hoisting in the flight medic course and I'm sitting up against the engine oh, with my yeah, and, and the instructor's like right here man come put your feet on the skids and I'm like Mm-mm. oh yeah yeah <laughs> but so he got me he, I think he grabbed me by the front of the flight suit and dragged me over there and yeah. like made me do the hoist okay I'm like alright I'll get through this did you get over it or did you get used to it uh, no not really no no, no, no. no. but not a, it wasn't bad enough it DQ'd you or anything like oh that. No, no 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 I'm doing my job no matter yeah. what okay. so yeah, yeah yeah I didn't enjoy it but I, Jeez, I was a flight medic for four years. Really? Mm-hmm. Where'd you go? Where'd they send you after completion of the school? The 571st Medevac at Fort Carson, Colorado, Butts Army Airfield. Oh. The most decorated flight medic unit in the United States Army. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. What, uh, what year was that? That would have been 2000. Man, so you were... Okay, so maybe I'm jumping ahead. No. So... Where did 9-11, where were you at for 9-11? September 11, 2001, I was in, on a tank range in Baumholder, Germany with 135. Because I, I joined joined the army, active army in 99, deployed oh, okay. to Kosovo 99 to 2000, came oh, back. so you were still out there. So right? I'm still in Germany okay, 2000. Okay. You're right. I didn't go to flight medical school until 2002. I apologize. Oh, no. no that, that's good. Up. We'll get it for the record. Yeah. 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 kid will be like, I was with Dad, sp- what the hell? specialist Chris <laughs> Cooper. Stare, yeah, and I had the only, I like to listen to Rush Limbaugh, 
So oh, I, I had did the too. Only yeah. AM FM radio. Oh yeah. And it's dangling in the in the in the ambulance. The, yeah. Uh, the 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 tank ambulance. We call it a one one three. Yeah. I've ever been in one. I've been. And so it's dangling in there, and I'm listening to AFN. I was actually in a 577 for a long time. Were you really? Yeah. I was a 577 guy for a long time. That was the Fire Direction Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For the mortar section, I guess it was. Yeah. Or yeah. For, it was also the aid station. Yeah, that's, they used them for everything. Yep. Right? So, um, And yeah, listening to AFN, and I forget what time of day it was in Germany. It had to be late afternoon. I was like nine hours, right? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. And um, you hear, you know, hey, a, a plane has, you know, Breaking news, a plane has hit the World Trade Center. Like, what the fuck? You're like, damn, wow. And I mean, because you've heard of that. In your head, you're picturing like a Piper Cub. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, right. Because I think they had that incident yeah. before. So. They did, like the year before. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, sitting there and, you know, you get that. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's terrible. Yeah. And then they're like, breaking news, you know, they stopped everything. And they're like, hey, a second plane has hit the World Trade Center. I'm like, holy shit. Would you tell us what plane it is? <laughs> so now I'm like, uh-oh. So I'm like, mm, I feel like I should tell somebody this because other people are not going to know this because nobody right. else got an AM, FM radio right, right. on this range. So I went and found the, I went up to the, t- the tower and I was like, hey, sir, just so you know, two planes have just knocked down the World Trade Centers. Wow. And he's like, what are you talking about? And so as I'm telling him this, range control comes over and they're like, cease fire, cease fire, cease fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, evacuate your range. You are now on guard duty. Yeah, sure. And we that we hot foot back to post, and we are immediately put on guard duty on the gates. Really? Mm-hmm. Like just keep your ammo. Don't turn it in. Go. Yeah, that's you're exactly going to use right. it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. Wow. Yep. And that's so nuts, man. me and Chris Chris Cooper, I think his name was Chris Cooper. We were together for like a week. We thought we thought we were going to the range for like the day. Yeah. Or overnight, and yeah, we. Ended oh, up- they didn't let you go back to. No, man. You, oh, geez, they no. you went to the gate. Down. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> you All were right. on guard duty now. Would you, were you living off, off base or off post? No, we lived on. In, in, oh, yeah, good. Yeah, we were housing on post. Yeah, she would have really been pissed off. Oh, yeah. They locked that down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus. But that was 2000, September 11th, 2001, and I went to flight medic school 2002. Okay. Uh, and then after you said you went to? 571st. 571st. At Air Airfield. Carson. Yes, sir. Yeah, how long did you stay with them? Uh, I left there in 04. Oh, good. 04, 05, 04. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Long enough to deploy. Yeah. Where'd you deploy to? Iraq. Oh, yeah. For the start of the invasion. 03? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That, that had to be nuts. Could not have gone with a better group of heroes. That's great. So glad I got to go with it them. Makes a difference. But it did. Still, you got to be like, holy shit, what is going on? Literally got to work with the best people in the Army. That's no awesome. question. Yeah. So I was getting, you know, we, we get to Fort Carson. We get an apartment off post. Yeah. I'm getting my household goods delivered. So this would have been 2000, end of 2002. And I had a squad leader. His name was Ted Snyder, who I still talk to almost weekly. Yeah. The phone rings and he's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm at home waiting for my household goods to come. Or they're unpacking my household goods. He's like, I need you to get here right now. He's like, we're going to war. I'm like, yeah, dude, whatever. And I hung up on him. <laughs> well, but that's such a, a cliche line. Yeah, right? exactly. I'm like, yeah, dude, whatever. And I hung up on him. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, so I, I walk in the house. I'm like, Sandy, you're never going to believe the phone call I just got. And the phone rang again. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, what's up? He's like, do not hang up on me again. I'm dead serious. We're going to war. Get your ass to the airfield right now. And I'm Jesus. like, holy crap. So now it's like time to shave face and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Throw on a flight suit and sure enough, we're getting ready to go to war. 
God, you've been, you just got there, what, a couple months earlier? Yep. Cool. Remember what I told you earlier that I like to oh, do? Oh, no. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> well, you had time, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, really? Yep. And that would be my daughter, Grace. <laughs> no kidding. So you better pray for peace, man, because if there's too many wars that break out, I mean, we're going to be the Brady Bunch. <laughs> but, yeah. So, yeah, um, went to Iraq with them. Um, what did we went for the initial invasion. Yeah. Yeah. And um, my commander, uh, Colonel Lachance, uh, sent me back in time for Grace to be born. Oh, man. So it would have been August. What a, what a guy. Jeez. I agree. I agree. So did my wife. <laughs> now, did they make you come back? or Nope. Did you just wait for them to come for the nope. Nope. unit to come back? Finished it up. Yep, I was done. Oh, yeah? Yep, stayed there. And, and then I re-enlisted. <laughs> okay. Uh, E6 by this time? Uh, no, still a five. Okay. Still a five. Um, where did I get my six? I didn't get my six until would have been Fort Bliss or something like that. Ish. Whatever. Yeah. So after this assignment, is that when you went to go teach? Yeah. I went, got sent to Fort Bliss to be an observer controller. Oh, see. For what? So like the Hawaiian National, I taught the Hawaiian National Guard. okay. I taught, um... The Idaho National Guard. Yeah. This is where that program started with the whole like lessons learned. I screwed this up. You don't screw it up too. And that's where I got my staff sergeant when I was oh, down yeah. there. That would have been what would that have been like? Oh five to oh seven. Oh yeah, ish. And then from there, I got sent to Fort Sam Houston. Um, oh, and that's when you started instructing. Yep, and taught there and taught. So I was teaching medical tasks at Fort Bliss. Yeah, for deploying National Guard soldiers. Wow. Yeah, it was cool. Bliss. It was super cool. Well, if you think it through, Fort Bliss smells and looks like Iraq. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I suppose so. So it, it made yeah. perfect sense. It's, and it, it's the same. You go there too. or you go to Fort Irwin, I guess you get the whole desert uh, well, covered. I there. would say yeah. that Fort Bliss was significantly worse than Fort Irwin. Probably. Yeah, especially yeah. if you're like, now think it through. So you're a ho- soldier in the Hawaiian National Guard. You're like, I'm never going anywhere. They're not deploying Hawaii. Right. Come right. on, man. Right. Yep. They picked those boys up and they deployed them. And some of the best heroes I've ever had the opportunity to work with. Great people. Oh, yeah. We had to, or- I don't know if you've ever worked with the Samoans. But sure. Oh, yeah. Them boys big. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> well, all these guys were firefighters and paramedics in their civilian job. Right. So they were very, very good at what they did before they deployed. That's pretty cool. Um, but so they're big boys. So like normally you decompress someone's chest with a 14 gauge IV catheter. Yeah. We had to give them 12 gauge, two and a half. They look like you're pulling Excalibur out of a stone when you pull this thing <laughs> yeah, out. Really? They were gigantic. Cause yeah, you're not getting through that chest yeah, material yeah, with yeah. a 14 gauge. Yeah. Um, did you ever so, have any Guamanians with him? Yep. They did have Guam too. Did they cook for you? Yes. The Guamanians did. will always cook for when you. When they finished. They invited us to, they're getting ready to deploy. Yeah. And they invite us to a luau. Nice. And we're like, I've never met any of yeah. Well, I didn't under- know that they had had a pig buried in the sand all day. No kidding. And they cooked that thing all day. So me and my, my partner, his name was uh, Shipe, Vern Shipe, Sergeant First Class Vern Shipe. We show up there and I have never been to a party like this in my entire <laughs> life. It was the best party I've ever been to. I have no idea. I don't, I don't ever remember leaving it. Yeah. Uh, it was great. 
the happy warriors man Those they guys are, are great very yeah. much are yeah I, I good people yeah absolutely absolutely so you're teaching at uh sam houston mm-hmm. when did you leave there so i'm at sam i'm teaching and i get an email and it's like hey you know, you have been selected to apply for this position at Joint Special Operations Command. And I'm like, oh. so I return the email and I'm like, hey, love what I do at Fort Sam. Appreciate the opportunity. Thanks. Who's sending you this? DA? And yeah. And so I'm like, hey, thanks a lot. Not interested. Yeah. I immediately get a reply back. This is not a request. Complete <laughs> the packet. See you soon. Wow. And I was like, whoa. Uh, okay. What happened there? Come to find out it. Now I know it's a friend of mine who's a, still in there. He's a still a SAR major. And yeah, had tripped over my record and was like, you know, hey, yeah, sent me the email. He's like, this is what you're doing. Nice. So I got sent to DC. I had to go through this like three-day assessment. And, oh, you um, did? Yep. Really? And um, I called my wife and I'm like, hey, honey, good news. We don't have to move to DC. There's no way I got this job. And um, that was on my layover. I forget where. And... Um, get back on the next plane, land, and there's a voicemail, congratulations, you've been selected. And I'm like, crap. So yeah, went to JSOC. Well, where's JSOC located? Well, JSOC's at Fort Bragg. But right. I was duty at Fort Bragg with duty at Tampa with duty at Washington, D.C. So I was stationed what? at Washington, D.C. Yeah, I had three sets of orders. It was crazy. How does that work? <laughs> You'd have to ask JSOC, man, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, Tampa, God, what is that base down there? Um, Eglin? There's Eglin Air Force Base. Is that where you went? No, it's the Special Ops guys down there yeah. by Tampa, right? Yeah. Tampa is where JSOC is. Eglin? I guess it is. That's where 7th seventh, seventh yeah, I guess it is. 7th yeah. Group, I think it is. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think it's 7th Group. Could be 5th. I'm not, I don't remember. But, but yeah. you were in D.C.? Mm-hmm. I was just a support guy. I wasn't a cool guy. I got to work with the cool guys. I got to carry their bags for them. I got yeah. to, you know... What were your sure duties then? Yeah, what were your duties then? I was the guy that made sure your medical records were up to date and shots were up to date and all oh, that yeah? stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. I was the support guy. You weren't the team medic. No, not in any oh, sense of the word. Okay. Not in any <laughs> so sense of like, the word. I was shit. not a cool guy. I got to work with the cool guys and yeah. do the cool stuff, but oh, I was not work. a cool guy. Yeah, that'll work. It was super fun. I was one of the most rewarding assignments of my career. Really? I, I learned so much. Great medicine. I, yeah. I learned a bunch. Got to go to the Sockmas course. Um, got certified and all that stuff. Got to go to airborne school. Jump out of airplanes. <laughs> it was great. Uh, MIB. MIB. What's that? The, don't they have? Don't they have that anymore? The medical badge. Oh, I got that when I was with uh, Five Seventy First. Well, why you leave that out? Well, That's I mean, a pretty big accomplishment. Is it? You think for don't, the medics? Uh, well, yeah. But, you I mean, know, it's in order you for wear you to, on a uniform. Well, if you think it through, in order for you to get that badge, someone else had to have a really bad day. Well, uh, but did you go through that course? Isn't there a, a combat medic course or something so, like that? So, or is that am I talking to? There, there's things? two different things. Okay. There's the combat medic badge. Yeah. And there's the expert field medical badge. Okay. Maybe that's the expert it. field medical badge is a course that you can go through. Yeah. And yes, I did go through it. Yeah. The combat medical badge is the badge you awarded for treating patients under fire. Right. It's it's uh, the equivalent to uh, the, an EIB and a CIB. Correct. Right. Exactly. Exact same. Distinction. Yeah, yeah. So, I heard that course was a bitch. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> Tell me some of the things. I don't know exactly what they. Oh, were doing. well, and it's. I know changed. there's a litter carry, right? There's a... there's a lot more. It's a two week course. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And let's <laughs> uh, let's put it this way: on Nightland Nav, all they give you don't have a flashlight; you have a chem light, or ah. not a chem light. Yeah, yeah, a chem stick, That's a nice. chem light. And so you're navigating your points. Well, so I get put myself under a poncho so that the light isn't reflected anywhere because you got to keep it hidden. That's almost an effective, effectively, that's almost a compass course with no light, right? Exactly. And so I've got my map out. I've got my chem light in my mouth and I'm so focused on what I'm doing. Yeah. I bit through my chem light. Oh, no. And so all the chem light juice is running down the front of my uniform. So you're looking like alien. All over, yes. Predator, so, I mean, right? Well, and they have cadre all over the course <laughs> to make sure that you're not turning on flashlights and doing stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm tramping through the woods and I all of a sudden I get like three cadre on top of me and they're like, what are you doing, soldier? And I'm like, what, what's the matter? They're like, why are you glowing like that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And one of them held up like a compass mirror and I'm like, I'm glowing. <laughs> I mean, I look like, yeah, I look like a, an alien walking, like Mr. Burns walking through the woods because I had bit through my chem light and all the glowing chem light juices all over the front of That's me. That's awesome. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it was pretty awful. <clears throat> but yeah, your combat medic badge, you get that for treating patients under yeah, fire. Right, so, right, yeah. Right. Which, when you're doing medevac, you're going to do a lot of that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. yeah I'd imagine. Uh, you know, I, I'm surprised they haven't told more of those stories. You know, I'm working on it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm, I'm slowly writing a book on the, th- the, the things that went on in 0304 oh, nice. and the 571st medevac. Nice. Because um, it's some of the best people you'll ever, and some of the best stories you'll ever hear. Yeah, uplifting shit. That's the good. bravest people I've ever met. Really? Far and away. Jason Matus, um, a guy who, a, a guy named John O'Donnell. Um, we hate and despise each other. And I mean to our cores, we do not get along. However, that man did some of the bravest things I've ever, ex- ever heard about and experienced. Wow. And he is a hero. Wow. I don't like him. But man, he's a hero. <laughs> well, you're not going to pin him on. Exactly. But uh, you'll be there in the ceremony, I suppose. Well, so I got my airborne wings, and I'm like, oh, check out what they're handing out at Fort Benning, Georgia. And that dude lost his mind. Handing out? They don't just give them away. And I'm like, dude, lighten up, cupcake. I was a joke. I'm just kidding. And he was always like that. Wow, you really? We, we did not get along. I was really? the guy that walked around with my hands in my pockets. And he'd be like, sorry, take your hands out of your pockets. And I'm like, I'm just getting my keys. You're not getting your keys. Don't do that. And I'm like... <laughs> Hey, Cupcake, lighten up, would you? Just get. I hope he keys. hears this podcast and like loses his mind and gets all bent out of shape. So. Good. I'll go interview him next. <laughs> he is. You absolutely should. The man is a hero. Yeah. Um, he no. His. He saved the lives of another crew. No question. That's awesome. No question. Yeah. That's um, awesome. You've heard some of the horror stories of Iraq. Um, it wasn't his aircraft that got hit by a Bradley. Oh my God! Really? Yeah. So you used to have to fly with two aircraft. So he's, his crew sets down, the other aircraft sits down behind them. He gets out of his aircraft to go get patients and put them on his aircraft. Yeah. While that's happening, a Bradley decides that it wants to go to the other side of the helicopters and instead of going around them, drives right in between the two of them. And when it does, one of the blades hits the Bradley Sends the aircraft up into the air. It breaks into three pieces. His crew, they thought they landed in a ditch. They thought the crew was dead. Um, he and his buddy pulled his crew out of a ditch, saved their lives. Unbelievable. So, yeah. God. A true hero. Yeah. Shitty human being. <laughs> true hero. <laughs> you deployed. How long did you deploy for? Uh, which time? Bunch of times. Uh, the one where you went in 03. Uh, would have been eight months. 
And that was to Iraq, right? Yeah, because it came just in time for my came back just in time for my daughter to be born. Right, right. Which makes perfect sense. So, yeah. Um your whole unit come back okay? Nope. We lost um two aircraft and seven people and uh-huh. the eighth when we got back. Really? Mm-hmm. What uh did they get how'd they get hit, do you know? <sighs> or do you, if you don't want to go into it, that's okay. How, mu- how much battery life you got? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not even at a quarter. <clears throat> so um the ninth of May. 2003, my crew and I are sitting at Tikrit, Iraq, and you know, the, you hear the, the call, mission, mission, mission. And so we, you know, go into the operations tent, you're launching two birds. Um, the other aircraft, it was their mission, my yeah. buddy James Sides and his crew, um, Brian Van Dusen, um, Hans Gukaisen, uh, Richard Carl, and James Sides were in the other aircraft. Um, my crew was uh, Steve Kramer, uh, Travis Haley, um, Wilder Mori was a, a, a crew chief in training. Um, now when so you we, say when you say a crew, what are the positions of that crew? So Travis Haley and uh, I forget the guy, other guy's name. Are you just talking about the medic piece, mm-hmm. or are you talking about the that's the, the whole aircraft crew? crew. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Steve Kramer was my crew chief. Okay, okay. And the other aircraft, the two pilots were Brian Van Dusen. Ah, oh, I got you. All right, Hans so. Gukaisen, James Sides was the medic. And Richard Carl was the crew chief. Oh, so it usually goes out with four like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Four guys scared to death with handguns <laughs> and a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, and a helicopter. <clears throat> um, we get called for an Iraqi national had stepped on a landmine, and it was supposed to be like one of those like let's bridge the gap kind of missions. Oh, yeah. So we're going to take this kid to an American hospital and let her get patched up and whatnot. Right. In Samara, Iraq. So we make our approach. It's five thirty at night. Civilian Iraqi. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It's 5.30 at night. Um, we're making our approach, and this is not our mission. It's the other aircraft's mission. Well, they came in too hot, and they missed the LZ. Oh. No big deal. They're like, hey, you guys take it. So we land. I jump out of my aircraft, grab all my medic gear, walk over. This kid is in bad shape, really oh, bad really? shape. 13-year-old girl, really ah. bad shape. I'm like, all right, let's put her on my aircraft. 82nd Airborne had a perimeter set up. We load her up put her in my aircraft and I plug my helmet back in and I hear this sound and I'm like, what the hell is that noise? And I look up and as I look up, I just see like pieces of helicopter flying through the air. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And I look over at Steve, my crew chief. I'm like, what just happened? And he's like, our other aircraft just got shot down. Oh man. I'm like, all right, well, look, put me down wherever they are. And let's get them fixed. Yeah. Let's get them, let's see what we can do for them. The one that missed the LZ in the mm-hmm. first place? Okay. So what had happened is they started taking fire. So they dove for the Euphrates River and you fly the, the river. Because okay. now you're lower than the ground. Yeah. And so you're, you know, for a helicopter, you know, getting high means you're a bigger target. So sure. getting low means they can't hit you because you're quick. That's some skillful flying there. Well, what happened was there was a cable strung across the river. So to send groceries and people back and forth across the river. Oh, you're kidding. And they hit that cable. Oh, my God. Instantly killed the two pilots, Hans and Brian. Um, sends the aircraft into the water, breaks it up. Yeah. So I tell them, you know, I'm like, hey, put me on that aircraft. We're going to do what we can to fix them. And so uh, our aircraft picks up and it comes around. We make a big circle. We're Now we're taking fire. Yeah. And... um. So the pilots, we come down, and we come down to the river. We don't know there's a cable there. <clears throat> oh, no. The and same. so um, the, two, the pilots 
start getting into an argument. And they're like, hey, I'm going to come to a hover over their aircraft because they're in, now they're in the middle of the river. Yeah. And it's underwater. The aircraft is underwater. Oh, jeez. Like, I'm going to come to a hover over their aircraft and let you guys jump out, make a helo cast. Yeah. And go get them. I'm like, all right, cool. And I stand up and I unbuckle from my seat. Well, they get into a little argument and the aircraft kind of shimmies and shakes, knocks me on my ass. They change their mind and they end up landing on the shore, on the beach. Okay. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, right? I bail out of the aircraft. I'm taking off my body armor, my vest, my Iraqi vest. girl is still on there, right? Iraqi girl is still on my, on my helicopter. Jeez. I bail out and I go sprinting for the water. And I jump in the water and I don't realize, you know, I've never been to a plane crash before. Yeah, and well, so sure. there's diesel fuel all over the water, oh. all kinds of yeah, petroleum products. Yeah. I'm swimming through all this, get to the aircraft, blood, all kinds yeah. of stuff to yeah. get to the aircraft, get to the aircraft. And it's medic side up. So it's, it's all completely submerged with the, the medic door just barely sticking up out of the water. Okay. So I reach down into the medic seat, unbuckle my buddy James, and I pick him up and he's not breathing. And so I check his pulse real quick and he doesn't have a pulse. So I let him go. And so I look down and I see one of the other pilots or you know, they had just hit a cable, so they're, I didn't know at the t that they had hit a cable. Yeah. Um, I see them in the pilot seat, so I jump in the water and find out that he's deceased. And I look up while I'm in the water, and I look up, and my crew chief, Steve Kramer, has got my buddy James on the door of the aircraft, and he's doing CPR on him. Oh, wow. And he gets him back. He's wow. alive. Um, so I put pilot into a boat that's going by, and I push it towards the shore and I'm trying to reach the other pilot. I can't reach the other pilot. And Steve's like, dude, I got a pulse. You need to focus on him. Yeah. I'll focus on rescuing the other guys. I'm yeah. like, okay. This was the crew chief, right? This was my crew chief? Yeah. Steve Who Kramer was my crew chief. Right? Not the med. He's not medically the, 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 me the medic at this point, he just got a pulse back on him. Yeah. yeah. My okay. crew chief was doing CPR on the yeah. medic. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? So, and at this point, like the whole world is going to shit, you know, we're getting shot at. You know, oh, you all still are? Yeah. Jeez. Um, I grab James and I start doing the lifeguard swim yeah. to the shore with James, who is breathing but not well. I get him on the shore. I do my medic thing. I put a tube in his throat, start an IV on him. Um, now Steve is next to me and he's like, hey, this is the only patient. And I'm like, God. you're reading into what he's saying. The other yeah. three guys are gone. I'm like, okay. I'm like, let's get him to the ho closest hospital. And... Uh, He's like, what do you want me to do with this Iraqi kid? I'm like, get her off of my helicopter. And so he, he reaches in and pulls the stretcher and the kid off the helicopter and hands it, her, to an Iraqi guy that's standing there. And he's like, this is your problem. Deal with it. We load James up onto the aircraft um, and we fly to uh, Anaconda. Oh, yeah. It's a hospital. Yeah. And um, those pilots, uh, we have no gear. Our flight vests are on the beach, our body armor, our helmets, our weapons are all on the beach. They got snatched up by the Iraqis sure. as we were taking off because you can't swim with all that shit on. Right. <clears throat> um, so we have no gear. It's just us in flight suits. We're both bleeding. Our, our, our knees are shredded just from the sharp parts of the aircraft because yeah. when it crashed, it's like that metal becomes oh, yeah. Yeah. razor blades. And those two pilots, they absolutely pulled the guts out of that aircraft. Really? And I mean that with all sincerity, 
pulled the guts out of that helicopter. Wow. Um, the f- speeds have never been set yeah. again yeah. in a Black Hawk <laughs> like they did. Yeah. Um, we get to Anaconda. Uh, ambulance meets us at the helipad. They have no idea. They just know a helicopter's coming. They don't know what is coming because I had no radio in my oh, helmet. Yeah. My helmet's gone. Yeah. Load them up in the ambulance, run them over to the emergency room. You know, hey, here's what's going on. And uh, the doc comes over and he puts his, her hand, her, she comes over and puts her hand on Steve and I's shoulder. And he's like, look, your buddy was underwater for a while. He's probably not going to survive this. Like, okay. Well, James was uber religious uber like always hey man you want to go to church with me no man i ain't going to church with you get the hell away from me well while they were moving him around his cross had fallen off of his neck they had had broken it yeah and it fell and it landed underneath the stretcher that he was on so i reach down i pick up and i grab that cross and i walk out steve and i walk out of the emergency room tent and um we walk right into like three of our other crews and they're like, what the hell is going on? What just happened? Yeah. Right. I'm like, James is in there fighting for his life. They're not thinking he's going to make it. And they're like, what? And I'm like, hey, I grabbed his cross so he can go in, you know, get an x-ray taken or whatever it was, MRI, whatever. I have his cross here. And they're like, and my buddy, uh, Cynthia Randolph, she's like, well, let's pray. And so huh. we joined hands with like, you know, at this point, there's like 15 cr- flight crews standing there. Yeah. We all joined hands and we said a couple of prayers for James at that time. And that was the moment when Jesus Christ came into my life. It's interesting. That, that was because I, I was a, I was a, uh, I was an atheist before sure. that very second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> um, uh, James survived. No kidding. Yep. Uh, James lives happily in Arkansas now. And I love seeing pictures of him playing with his grandkids. Oh yeah. Um, so Amazing. yeah, very wow. well. Um, those other three gentlemen did not. Yeah. Uh, Richard Carl, Hans Gukaisen and Brian Van Dusen. Um, so yeah, we did were, they recover them? Uh, they, they very much did. Okay. They very much did. Um, and every 9th of May, we we remember their names. No kidding. So good people. How long uh, before they had a report out that you found out what really happened? So anytime you're involved, if you're even in proximity of an aviation mishap, you go before what's called an aviation board. Right. Um, you have to piss in a bottle, they draw blood, make sure you went on drugs, all sure. that stuff. And it's worse than being interrogated by the FBI. They put really? you under a white light um, for um, senior. So like all light colonels and wow, colonels no are across the table from you. And they're like, why did you do that? Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Um, and they are very, very hard on you. They make yeah. you very uncomfortable. Wow. Because they want to get there. That's their version of the FAA. Yeah, sure. They have um, to get to the truth. And so they made it very uncomfortable. And that's when we found out the details. God, do you have any idea what you were walking into when they did that? No, I had never been through anything like that before. <laughs> My God. So, yeah. I, I, but when, anytime an aircraft, they call that a Class A mishap. Okay. And um, I had never experienced anything like that. That was one of the worst things I've ever experienced in my life. Sure. Jeez. Because they're like, because they, you're walking them through every single step that you take. And I, I can only imagine if it was me, I'd be like, "Oh, they're going to judge this. So oh, they're going to tell oh, me I'm absolutely. wrong. Oh my god!" But if right, you know, but you're looking at the other side of it, and you're realizing it's for education. They have to. They're yeah. trying to. Yeah, they have to. How can they improve right. the seats? And how can they? That doesn't make it any easier again? when you're going through it, though. Nope. It, it was. Oh my god. The, I walked out of there like just shaking like a dog shit and razor blades. Yeah. And my crew chief Steve had to walk in after me, and he's like, "I'm like, hey, good luck, bud." 
Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. We were grounded for a couple days until yeah. they finished the investigation, all that stuff. Wow. It was awful. Yeah, that's that's uh, an amazing story. It's <laughs> I mean, all, all it's, it's awful. There's wonderful parts to it. There's isn't it the tragic example parts to it, right? Of the best of our nation. Sure. The best Absolutely. people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, everything from those pilots doing the best that they all that they could. Yeah. That that was a ballet of perfection. From the moment that aircraft struck that wire, my crew doing everything that they possibly could. It, it all came together. Well, you, and they, you couldn't have scripted it better. I do get a little, uh, you know, the way incidents are portrayed, or not necessarily portrayed, but the way they kind of report on them. And we never get the full story, you know, filtered through everything. Oh, uh, the, the, the newspaper reports of that event? There's not a, a single piece of accurate information in the news reports. Really? It was awful. They had, they're like, oh, James Sides swam to shore after his aircraft crash. He's like, where the hell did no, they that, get that? That dude was completely dead, if not for Steve Kramer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Ah, it's infuriating. You're in D.C. Yep. Uh, how long did you spend with JSOC? Four years. Yeah? Yeah. Where does that put us? Oh, it's got to be 2015 Yeah. or so, yeah. Plus or minus, 2015, 2016. One more assignment after that or no? Yep, went to recruiting. Oh, did you? Really? So I'm sitting in the office, and I had a great mentor at JSOC. Yeah. He was a great guy. He was a master sergeant. Special dude. And he's getting ready to, he says, uh, he says, hey, man, before you retire, don't don't retire from here. Go learn another skill. Go yeah. go, yeah. To, go to AIT for, like, tech or, you know, Intel or yeah. something. That's smart. Nobody wants a paramedic with a security clearance. Right. There's no jobs like that. No. Oh, okay. Um and no joke, the next day up pops an email. Would you like to be a recruiter? I'm like, well, yeah, I guess I would. A special duty. Yeah. And so I went and I became a, a recruiter. Get another 100 bucks or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah whatever it was, <laughs> 125. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but you lose all your jump pay. So, but yeah, it, it offsets. But yeah, and I learned, and it did. It set me up. I'm, I'm a recruiter now. That's pretty That's cool. what I do for work now. When did uh, you hit E7? Oh, God. That would have been, where was I when I got my start in first class? Probably Fort Bliss or something. Oh, yeah? yeah oh, yeah. even before the... So Sam I was selected that. twice for Master Sergeant, and I turned it down. How come? Uh, well, because, A, they wanted to send me to some crappy location. Yeah. You know, oh, congratulations, you made Master Sergeant. We're going to send you to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Mm, no, you're not. We need a first sergeant up there. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And um, that is exactly right. And... Uh, when you turn it down the second time, they're like, mm, yeah, that's about it. it's time to go. Yeah. Right, so right. I did 26 years. Yeah. When'd you retire? What year? Would have been 20, 2020. 2020 you retired. Where'd mm -hmm. you, and retired out of where? I mean, I, I was, so I was here in, you know, the Denver metro area. Yeah. So I retired out of Fort Carson. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So like your podcast where you go, hey, I give you two, I give everybody two minutes to talk. I, I always like to ask two questions. Hit me. What was your, I don't know if I should say biggest or best ass chewing you ever got? <laughs> Sergeant David Schoolfield. Oh, you remember his name. Huh? Retired as a first sergeant. Okay. Um, when I was with 135 Armor. Yeah. Um, 
I didn't know anything about working on tanks and track. I'm not a mechanic. I'm not that way. You're a medic. And so I was learning. And so one of the things that they use a lot of is hydraulic fluid. Yeah. Um, for those, the ramps are very, very heavy. So they use a lot of hydraulic fluid. Cherry juice. Exactly. Cherry juice. You're exactly <laughs> right. And um, I'm checking the oil on my 113, right? Yeah. Ambulance. And it looks like there's red in it. And I'm like, huh, I don't think that's supposed to be like that. <laughs> so I walk back up to the barracks and I'm like, hey, Sergeant Schoolfield. And he's my squad leader. And I'm like, hey, if somebody put cherry juice into the engine oil, what would that do to the track? And he kind of stops what he's doing and he looks at me. He's like, Specialist Williams, did you put hydraulic fluid in the engine oil? And I'm like, Sergeant, no, I did not. I'm just asking. <laughs> no, I absolutely a thousand percent did not. And he's like, come with me. And we walked back to the motor pool, unlocked that track, and he pulled the dipstick out and it's red. Oh no. That man lost his mind. I've been married for 25 years and I've had my ass chewed several times. Never the way that man tore me down. Really? Just Up one artful, side huh? and down the other. And I didn't even do it. However. Well, you're not going to get hold of that. You're just going to Sergeant David Schoolfield is one of the best mentors I have ever had. Yeah. He was so unbelievably hard on me and I was so miserable. He set me up for success as my career went on. Okay. In every way. That's great. I will never be able to thank him enough. I firmly believe that man saved lives with how hard he was on well, yeah. his people. Yeah. Firmly believe it. But he had it down to an art. Some some oh of those guys. God. I, I always marvel at the way some of those guys can speak he, and make you feel this big. The man was an know. artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dr lived on diet Pepsi and menthols. <laughs> And could outrun anyone in our platoon. That's a that's a lost art. That that's a dying breed. Would man. be smoking his menthol before the start of our two mile run, flick that cigarette, and beat everybody that else on the run. Amazing. I'm like, how is that possible? Because <laughs> because he ever stopped, his body would probably go into cardiac arrest. You know <laughs> okay. The second question is, what's your most proudest moment? <sighs> There's a lot of them. That's a tough one. Yeah, I, I, take your time. Um, proudest moment in the United States military. Whew. And it's, you'll probably think of one, and then you'll call me up later and go, no, no I no, wanted this one. worse than that. So <laughs> after I retired, um, my son has a friend whose name is Shay Archer. Um, and my son and I, we rode our motorcycles up to Wyoming, and he's like, hey, start, you know, Mr. Williams, can I talk to you for a few minutes? Sure. He's like, I'm thinking about joining the Army. And I'm like, mm, are you? <laughs> Have you heard of the Air Force? <laughs> Talked to him for probably an hour or so. He ends up joining the Army. And now he is a guard at the Tomb of the Unknown. Wow. And I could not be more proud of that young wow, man. He is an inspiration to our nation. That is the narrowest selection you could ever get to. I agree completely. And yeah. to see him, and I, I've known this kid since he was four. Really? Yep. And th watched him grow up, bicycle, patched him up after bicycle accidents. Um, he comes from the textbook American family, hardworking mom and dad, nothing but good things to say about him. And to see the kid now guarding the tomb of the unknown, yeah, you couldn't possibly, more. even my son, who was a great friend of his growing up, looks at him and he's like, damn, look at that guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> 
That is poster board or he, poster he is. material. There he is. literally is. He's on the news all the time. He gets interviewed all the time. Wow. And um, like you don't even know it. Like all of a sudden you're watching the news and up pops, you know, oh, Sergeant Shea Archer from, you know, Too Many yeah. Unknown. And you're like, hey, I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to mentor him a little bit. Not just for an hour. <laughs> great kid. Can't say enough good things about him. Oh, that's great. That's great. Do we get it all? I mean, what else do you want to talk about, man? Are we going to go get Thai food or what? Well, I might have to do a part two, maybe. I don't know. Now nah, we'll save that for we'll save that for the headline news. You so. got to get you got to get Seth on. Seth is the yeah. I hope you so. Want. I hope he has some time. It sounds like oh, a busy guy. He is a very busy guy. He runs this building. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's worth it to pin him down. So and, once I get once I get yours published, and I'll hit him up. You should and say, look, yeah, absolutely. that'll be about the same time you, you get started on About Face Radio. We happily accept donations. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sergeant First Class retired Rob Williams. It's been a privilege to get your story, man. Martin, it's been, it's been a pleasure talking to you, brother. Really. I, I sincerely could, mean it. I, I hope to have you back on the other program and hear more of these stories. Never it's stop what you're doing. Especially the funny ones. Our, our nation needs what you're doing. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, because I can't tell everybody's story, but I want to. You know, never stop. Everybody's story deserves to be told. I agree. Thanks, I agree. Rob. You're Thanks. starting a trend. Keep it up. On behalf of Sergeant First Class Williams, I'd like to thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show, and if you did, please leave a like and a comment and share the podcast with someone else. And as always, make sure to download the next episode for more service origin stories. So until next time, Artage! Hoo!